Welcome back, folks. It's Get to the Point. I'm Jody Leone, and I'm finally with yeah. me. I'm Sean Anderson. And we finally get Sean in the booth, and we're back to it. We're back to the regular grind that we were going for, but sadly, we're going to be doing things a little bit differently as soon as training camp starts for us. But we get to talk some football. We get to get back to what we used to do and we love, and we're finally in person and not trying to do it over the phone, which, to be honest, was just not as fun. I couldn't look you into the eye knowing that you were wrong. It wasn't as fun. I couldn't get to get angry at those smug little looks that you oh, make on your face oh, when you think that you're right stop, about stuff. Stop. Don't give me that. All right. Well, let's get... Don't give me that look. We would have had a full-fledged fist fight in this studio <laughs> when if you brought up the Josh Gordon thing and we were really? together in Are person. Really? Are you serious? Yeah, I'm, really? still a little, I'm still a little bitter about that, that you think Josh Gordon's a top five receiver. And we'll get to the interior I defensive lineman. I think he lineman. will be. I think he will be. That's but I don't want to keep ridiculous claim. I, we're not going to keep arguing. No, it's fine. I want them to go arguing. back and listen. I want them to go back and listen. It's, what, four weeks ago? It was four weeks ago. Go back and listen to our wide receiver rankings because that caused quite a stir between Sean and I. But actually, I think that we have something today that's going to cause a even bigger stir between us. And if anybody remembers, Sean and I had a very, very heated argument, actually on multiple occasions, about... Something that broke in the news yesterday, and it made everything more and more relevant. So if you were under a rock for whatever reason, Le'Veon Bell has pretty much made it clear that he's probably not going to come back. There, are, We don't know for sure. Various things could occur in the future going forward, but it does not sound like he is coming back. So I'm just going to read to you. I really want to quickly read to you the, the tweet from Le'Veon Bell, if I could find it. He is coming back. He said he wants to retire as Steeler, Joe. So here's the tweet. Go ahead. To all my Steelers fans, my desire always has been to retire a Steeler. Both sides worked extremely hard today to make that happen. But the NFL is a hard business at times. To the fans that had hope, I'm sorry we let you down. You spelled with two U's for some reason. But trust me, 2018 will be my best season to date. So there's not a clear indication of exactly what is happening. But it seems like he's going to be going to be leaving. So Adam Scheffner had tweeted in regards to it. Schefter. Adam Scheffner. Schefter says he tweeted yesterday. Um, wait, I gotta find it. Not as prepared as I wanted to be. Oh, uh, via Le'Veon Bell's agent, his intention has was to retire as a Steeler, but now there's no deal. The the practical reality is this now likely will be Le'Veon's last season as a Steeler. And then the other thing that was recently tweeted actually today, and I retweeted it, was just to clarify, Steelers offered a Le'Veon Bell last year averaged $13.3 million per year. Steelers offer him this year averaged $15 million per year, which I'm pretty sure would make him the highest paid running back. But Bell does not believe he should be paid as a running back. Good. He believes he should be paid as an elite offensive weapon. He which, should. Okay, we're going to get to that. But here are the points, though, that I want to make. Here are the points. One, he is not going to get paid as much as he thinks he will going to another team. No team is going to be dumb enough to offer him that kind of money. Maybe one team will really be that stupid, but I don't think that that, will, that, that kind of deal will end up getting worked out. You don't, think, you don't think the Houston Texans would do a deal like that? I just pair don't him see, up with Watson? I just don't see it because... They, the Texans don't have a history of overpaying... They have, they have had, they have, they have, they Brock have Osweiler had a history of overpaying. But here's the one thing that I'm going to say with that, though, is I think these last few running back classes that we've seen in the draft, and how easily these later round running backs have proven to be dominant. You got your Kareem Hunt, you got your Alvin Kamara, we've got some other guys in some later drafts. You know, your Jordan Howard. I could keep going on and on. Why would a team want to spend? He probably wants upwards of $17 million. If I were just to assume and make a guess without even looking into any more reports, upwards of $17 million. So that money is on par with some quarterbacks in the league, if I'm correct. It's and, close. And he's more valuable to the Steelers than some quarterbacks in the league are valuable to their team. Do I, I'm not sure the number, but do you know how much Ben Roethlisberger is being paid? I don't. I don't know. I know Matt Ryan's being paid like $33 million, or $30 million a year. He's being paid thirty million a year. Yeah, he had the biggest contract in history, uh, thirty million a year. And then, if you're going to tell me Le'Veon Bell doesn't deserve at least a okay, little okay. bit more than half per year than that, I would say that's Ben Roethlisberger is making seventeen. So you're telling me that Le'Veon Bell, who because he's a running back, is not on the field every single down. He has had injury history in which he has not been able to play all sixteen games in a season. You're saying that he deserves to be paid the same amount 
as Ben Roethlisberger, who is almost on pace to prove that he is worthy of a Hall of Fame career. I think Roethlisberger is worthy, first of all, okay. of a Hall of Fame career. He's on, he, he has, his career hasn't ended yet, so I don't want to jump to any conclusions. He could do something very stupid, knowing him. Right, but yes, Le'Veon Bell is worth it. But why? Because he's an elite offensive talent, exactly what he said in the tweet. He ex- He's not just a running back. He does literally everything for that offense. Aside from uh, being Antonio Brown, catching the ball, and Juju Smith-Schuster playing Fortnite and getting more Steelers fans, mm-hmm. like he does it all. So you don't think that if they brought in a different running back in say Le'Veon Bell, say Le'Veon Bell wasn't even on this team. He didn't. He never existed, or he was drafted by a different program or oh, franchise rather. You don't think that this team would not do well with a different running back? He obviously statistically they might not do as well. I understand that Le'Veon Bell is very talented. I am not going to deny that, and I've never denied it to this date. But you don't think that they wouldn't be able to get average production, maybe a thousand yards a year from a, a decent running back comparatively. You don't think that, and they wouldn't be able to win as many games with throwing the ball to Antonio Brown and Juju Smith-Schuster. First of all, why settle for average when you have the most talented running back of his generation in on their roster? Yeah, I said it. He has the most pure talent from a running back standpoint that I've seen. Adrian Peterson, all the physical gifts, I get it. But the way that Le'Veon Bell sees the field and reads the blocks is something that we haven't seen since Barry Sanders. I don't know about that. You don't think so? You don't I, think he has I, that pure... No one else can do what he does in the league. I, I'd like to I'd like to draw one comparison from you, if that's possible. Well, I think I think vision. Arian Foster before he before he before he bounced out and had injury problems was comparative to that. He's a big, bulky running back that was able to bounce between the tackles. Foster was more shifty re- though. But he had really good patience. He was re- he had I remember and there's a weird way to compare it, but I just remember he always had a stupidly high ball carrier awareness in Madden. I yeah. think that's a good comparison. Uh, yeah. I just because they're both big, uh, they're both I believe around six one, six two. Do you think Le'Veon could beat up a fox or uh, be, uh, beat a wolf in a fight? I don't. I think Arian Foster could though. I do, Arian Foster honestly scares me just the way that he is mentally. He's just very out of out out there. Yeah, he does as that, a person. He does the bow after the touchdown celebration. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, maybe he could give that wolf a run. <laughs> but getting back to our point though, getting back to our point, and and I'm not. I don't want to harp on the argument of if he's the best running back talent that we've seen. Because there's, to be fair, there are some more talented, physically gifted guys than Le'Veon Bell. I'm just trying to understand how you think that 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 not, that not taking somebody else in and taking a chance on somebody else that's going to be a lot cheaper is not a better alternative. Generational talents need to be uh, retained. That's why. He's a generational talent at the running back position. I, we will not see another. But he's running a running back. back. Yes, but he's also a receiver and a blocker. Okay, but he does it all. Here's the one thing, though, and I, I know I keep saying this. You would not rather spend that money elsewhere. No. You don't think that there's more pressing needs for that team? For that team, no. They're a pretty good filled up team. They're pretty good. They could get a tight end. They could. I they guess could, they, they could, you could get pay a tight, a tight end. end if you wanted. You don't do think that, that secondary could use could a little help? Get, you could get a defensive back, but look, you don't want to go bank. Why take? A you don't want to break the bank on a corner why, or a safety? No. Why take a, a mid-rank defensive back who are just the hottest things in the league, getting all these big contracts, when you could sign the best running back in the game right now? Here's my reason why. He's getting close to thirty. What? What are you looking at? Get your my fingers finger? away from me. Okay. Here's my here's my reasoning though. <laughs> I understand what you're saying. You want to retain that type of talent. But if you think about it, why waste the money? You can go. It's not a waste, though. It's, it's How is it a waste? It technically is and it technically isn't. But at the end of the day, you can get a much cheaper running back that might put up similar production. Not close, but maybe a step below. You don't need in this NFL today. This is not the same NFL in the 1980s and the 1990s. We are moving in a league that is is primarily passing based. Why do you need a good running back that is going to cost you a lot of money that might be hurt and out of the league in three years because of his age? Because running backs are getting more involved in the passing game. Le'Veon Bell is of the highest graded uh, wider uh, running backs that can receive the ball. 
Do you know that for and a fact? He, or are you just saying that? No, no. Have you seen his tape of him catching the ball? No, but it, every like, expert that says that he is, I can pull up the stats right now. I can take a, a minute, look up his receiving stats. But you and I both know that he is a top-notch re- receiver in the game within the running back position. We uh, both know that. I I agree with that. I agree that he is he's right. a very good. Receiver. So just straight eye test without stats. We both know that he's an elite receiver at the running back position. Not an elite receiver compared to receivers, which I feel like he is trying to get at. Like, yeah. Oh, he, I could play receiver if I wanted to. Well, no, Le'Veon, you're a better running back. We get that. But look, why settle for somebody cheaper though? Why settle for him when he's on your roster and you have a pretty stacked roster as is, where you don't need. It, it, it's not like. Uh, the Giants last year where everyone was saying, oh, trade Odell before they got Barkley and all these uh, other yeah. additions, you know? Mm. It's not like that where they were like, okay, well, now we can rebuild, trade him off, uh, let him go, save money. No, no, no. The Steelers have the ability to retain uh, transcendental talent and still be okay. Did you just use the word transcendental? Yeah. All right. Well, okay, here's the, here's the way that I want to break it down in, in this sense. If you operate a business that does fairly well and there's one employee that has, maybe he's not the most contributing one, but he's in the top five of all the biggest contributor on in your group of people that work for you, that are at work under you. And that person all of a sudden who does a skill that is very easily replaceable and that you know you can hire somebody that is younger will stay for longer and that won't cost as much. And that person came up to you and said, I want a raise by this much. That's going to cost you the same amount of money as the guy that's getting paid the most besides you. That's the difference, Joe. What's you're, the difference? You're, you're comparing Le'Veon Bell to a top five worker when Le'Veon Bell is the number one worker. Not on the Steelers. You think he's better than he, he contributes more than Antonio Brown? I thought you were talking about at the running back. No, position. no, 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 no. I'm saying I'm comparing we, oh, I'm comparing the Steelers right. to if you're if you're operating a business, why would you go and spend this money on a guy that you know you could outsource and find a different person that is younger will will get you more years, will probably be a little bit more not committed, I'm trying to think of the way to say, but will be loyal for a longer period of time in the future realistically, would you go out of your way to offer him more money when you know you could be saving money? Yes, it's Le'Veon Bell. We're taking it from a football standpoint. You can try and run it like a business. That's your ideology. But I understand that's not, that. I'm not saying you're running it like a business. The point I'm trying to make, though, is why would you waste the money when you it's can put it It's not a waste, el- though. But you could put that money elsewhere and improve your... So wh- I'm just saying, why would you funnel everything into a position that is not on the field every single down when you could be funneling it into a, a in, into various different spots to make to, to get more production out of your team as a whole. Okay, Joe. Uh here's the here's what I'm getting from you. Okay. It's either sign Le'Veon Bell, who we would grade as an A, or let him go, sign a B minus running back, use the extended money to sign a B minus uh, defensive no, back and a C plus tight end. If that's that's what realistically we're looking at, I'm sticking with the A, because there aren't many in the league. Okay, that are just straight out flat out A's. Here, here's two points that I want to bring bring to that though. You can't win with a couple A's and all C's. Yeah, but the Steelers are mostly B's. That's true, but the holes that you just noted, like who's their tight end right now? Is it still Vance McDonald or no, whatever the heck his uh, name is? He has the name of the old cowboy, Jesse James. Oh, yeah. Or the train robber. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah Jesse I, James. I, uh, j- but, okay, he's nothing special. No. They also traded for Vance McDonald. But you also, what corners do you have? You have Joe Hayden, who's who's still decent, but he's probably on his way to being a C-level corner. Okay. But here's the point. Here's the question I want to ask you, though. The question, the, the question that I think will put this into a more of an understanding for that I'm trying to get to you. Without these offensive linemen, and I'm not saying right at this moment, but earlier on in Le'Veon's career, you have David DeCastro, who's still going to be one of the best guards in the league. You have Marquise Pouncey, who was one of the best centers at one point, no longer really is. And then Villanueva. Villanueva. And I think they still have Gilbert. And they still have Gilbert, I'm pretty sure. Beecham left, and he's on the Jets, but they still have Gilbert. Yeah, that's a good offensive line. Do you think that if... If that offensive line was not as good and they were missing some of those pieces, even if it was just David DeCastro, that offensive line is a lot worse. Do you think Le'Veon Bell would put up the same production? Yes. Do you think 
in what way? <laughs> in what way? How do you think that he, that he would put up more production? In his in the way that he can see. The way that he can see the blocks, no matter if it's a cruddy block, he can still see and get out of the way. So way. you're saying a running back can see a block when his when a defensive lineman's already grabbing at him when he has the football when he literally just got the ball. NFLs happen like two times, two to three times a game, Joe. They happen. Not a if lot you less not if you have an, you if you have ass lineman blocking for you in front of you. Classy. You're a lineman yourself. You should know that. You think that I know, and I have you the think most... that Justice or Zoe can can get yards if. And I'm not calling you out, but if you messed up your block and you let somebody get inside on you, do you think they'd be able to get out of that? It'd be very difficult. But as an offensive lineman, I tell you the running back that I appreciate is the one that has vision and sees the holes rather than someone blazing speed or incredible strength. Okay. Someone that can read uh, where exactly they're supposed to hit on every play is the most valuable type of running back, in my uh, opinion. Because we go back, we look at the tape, and we're like, why did that run only go for three yards? We thought we had blocking... Uh, gone well just in practice mm-hmm. and we see uh, one of the running backs and they just miss the hole they did there's if it if it's a fork in the road basically they choose the wrong side and mm-hmm. it's the most frustrating thing possible whereas with Le'Veon that doesn't happen he doesn't frustrate his offensive lineman like that he always makes the right decision I wouldn't say always but let's put it in a spectrum of plus 95 percent he makes the right decision in vision the only thing, though, I understand that. I understand he's got really good vision. He's very patient. He has this rare ability that we haven't even seen where he literally comes up to the line of scrimmage, he'll sit for a couple seconds, and he's able to pick where he's going to go. Not a couple seconds, but it, a, a second a moment. to two. Yeah. He has a moment to analyze the situation and then pick the hole. But I don't think he'd have that same type of time if that offensive line wasn't as good. Yeah, but Pouncey's been beat up his whole career. DeCastro's okay. been the only long-standing one uh, Villanueva uh, got brought in after um, Beecham left. Beecham was never that yeah, good. Villanueva, I'm pretty sure, and don't nobody quote me on this, but I'm pretty sure he was drafted or uh, assigned as an undrafted free agent and had to go serve for a brief period of time. I don't know if he actually. I don't think he went overseas, but he had to. Like Joe Cardona has to report to who's the who's the Patriots long snapper who is also from the Naval Academy. He had to go serve in, in Newport, he had to go do his service and do certain stuff like that on the base. There's a guard so I'm pretty the, sure he had to do that same stuff. There's a guard on the Falcons that's still an Air Force captain. Oh, I know who you're talking about. I'm yeah, blanking on his I'm name. Blanking, uh, Garland. Ben yeah, Garland. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so as much as I'd love to keep doing this, we've been talking for 12 minutes, but the back and forth, I mean, I, 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 I understand where you're coming from. I hope you understand where I'm coming from. I just don't think that... I think that you could be more efficient efficient financially and on the field if you got rid of him. I understand that and I feel as if he is somebody that you just cannot let go. All right. All right. Well let the listeners decide. Hit us up at GTTP podcast on Twitter. Find us at the same tag on Instagram. Yeah comment. We want to know what you think in this situation. You know we'll 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 shout you out in our next podcast. We are trying to reach the people. We've been trying to reach people since the genesis of this and we would really like to get that going. they're the most important part of this. Oh, easily. Yeah. Our interaction with the, the fans and the layman of sports is the most important part of our uh, existence in this yeah. medium. So now we're going to continue a segment that we recently started doing and we've been doing pretty consistently, which is ranking top five players in each positional group. And the way that we really base this off of is how they're going to finish in the end of 2018, how they're going to impact their teams, the type of numbers they're going to put up, and how big of a name that they're going to be at the end of the season. And today we're doing interior defensive linemen. So the way that we kind of thought about it was technically defensive tackles, but it's nose tackles and also 4-3 defensive tackles. Right, because the 3-4 defensive ends could also be specified as But here's my problem. Tackles. Here's my only problem though is I think what's going to end up happening is we're going to have way too many names to do for next week. Oh, for the or not? I don't. It, we might not uh, do a podcast for next week because we might not be around. But we'll get to that later. But the I think when we do the edge rushers, though, because there's a lot of outside linebackers that you could count. There's a lot of defensive ends, and there's a lot of three, four defensive ends. Okay, so a little housekeeping. Do you want to do defensive ends one week and then edge rushers, like pass rush specialists, or do you want to focus? Um, or do you want to leave? Do you want to leave that? Because 
there's I'd rather combine them. I think like I think we'd be better off combining them, but I think it's going to be these lists are going to be very very different from one another. Like my list is going to be very off from yours. Do you want to focus it in the realm of being able to get to the quarterback or just overall performance? Overall performance. Okay. But I think Edge Edge has a number of ways that they contribute. They right. don't just go after the quarterback. That's true. You know, uh, they yeah. set the edge. They 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 prevent outside runs from getting out yeah, that kind of stuff. I'm fine with that. Okay. All right. Cool. So our rankings as they as they follow Mine is one, Aaron Donald, two, Damon Harrison, three, Nadamakong Su, four, Fletcher Cox, and five, DeForest Buckner. Sean's was Aaron Donald, two, Fletcher Cox, three, Nadamakong Su, four, Malik Jackson, and five, Jonathan Allen. So the one thing I just want to say before I start asking you questions is if anyone in their right mind does not have Aaron Donald at number one, you need to stop watching football because you clearly don't know what you're looking at. No, no, Joe. They need to start watching football. That's also true. But what if they've been watching football? Um, then they're, they're just, not trying, to, they're just yeah. trying to sound different and be like, oh, Honestly. Know, so-and-so is better than Aaron Donald. No, he's a freak of nature. <laughs> I'm glad we can agree upon that. So this this, this probably is going to be answered with what I just said, but who has to be on this list? Aaron Donald. Why is that? He's a freak of nature. He produces every... If we want to just go from a top 100 standpoint, because I know you love uh, bringing the statistics. Yeah. I see you got him here. He had 11 sacks and 41 tackles last year. And 11 sacks is an absurd amount of sacks for an interior defensive lineman like that. And he really doesn't line up on the edge like uh, as much either. But if you just hear what people said about him on the top 100, they said that they don't understand it. Mm-hmm. They don't understand how he is that good and how he's that talented with his hands. And he stays low. And he's so quick and explosive, and he's got the fir- fastest first step in the game. He has to be number one, just on from what his peers think of him, let, let alone what we think of him. It, it's kind of crazy when you look at Aaron Donald just as a person. He He's not big for a defensive tackle. He's built like probably more of a defensive end, or even you could argue like a linebacker if he drops some weight. He's maybe 6'1", 280 pounds. And the one thing that he does really well, and it's not even the thing that he does the particularly the best because he does a lot of things very well is one he has like you said very quick first step his footwork is incredible there's very few defensive tackles in this league that have as quick a feet that he has right now and that is a very underrated underrated attribute to have because if you think about it all these big media guys in the middle tend to be a lot slower they tend to be a lot of heavy footed particularly some offensive linemen and if you've got a guy that quick He's very tough to stop. But the thing that's even scarier about him, he's freakishly strong, too. He is so strong, it's not even funny. For a guy comparatively to other really, really big defensive tackles, he's probably up to par with a guy like Damon Harrison or a guy like, I'm trying to think who else is really strong. Fletcher Cox. Fletcher Cox. He is that strong that he can literally man up centers and guards like no problem. Do you remember the Hard Knocks episode where he was playing ping pong? I think I do. I swear I thought he was just going to break the ball. I thought he was just going <laughs> to turn right into dust. He was playing it. He was, like, playing it with, like, a tank top on or maybe he was shirtless. I'm like, dude, this guy, he might have, like, maybe less than 2% body fat on him. And he's just a freak of nature. The thing that I love about him the most, I think, is just his his composure. He's not out in everybody's face. He knows he's good, and he doesn't he doesn't really say anything about it. I feel like you don't really hear about him talking a lot of smack in games or anything crazy like that. Frankly, and as dumb as it sounds, I don't even think I know what he what he sounds like when he speaks, because I haven't even heard him talk. Yeah, that's I, just I, me. I, I'm dumbfounded. <laughs> now I try to think of like, like when's the last time I've like heard, heard him Aaron in an Donald. interview. Like when's yeah. the last time there was a headline like uh, Aaron Donald says this? Like it's never. <laughs> never he's it. so under the radar. And he's a guy that I think per, I, I don't think he's been re-signed yet, but he's up for an extension, and he's for sure needs to be paid. There is no argument about that. If you're an interior defensive lineman that puts up run stuff production, but as well as pass rush production, you need to be paid. That's rare. But Joe. He's not a running back. He's not a running back. Couldn't the Rams just sell him off, get another type of run stopper, and then get a a new fancy wide receiver or tight end? Because you want to know what the difference is? What's the difference, Le'Veon Bell, comparatively, is not as physically gifted as Aaron Donald is. He has very good vision, but he is not as rare physically. Le'Veon Bell is not shockingly fast. Le'Veon Bell is not shockingly strong. There's guys that are in the league that are stronger, and there's guys in the league that are faster. But you have to admit that the defensive tackle position is very different from the running back, so I don't think that's fair for you to bring that argument into play. 
I'm calling you out on board drill day one at camp. I have to. Okay. That's ridiculous. For anyone that doesn't know us, that's not fair. (laughs) No, no, no. I'm calling you out for board drill. You're going to have to... You have to suck it up, or we can do one on ones. But what's the difference? Your offense, you're playing offensive line. No, That's gonna be the difference. <laughs> no. <laughs> For anyone that doesn't know, Sean's an offensive lineman. Go look him up on the URI football roster. I know you didn't want to. You didn't want me to say that, but go look him on the URI football roster. He's about six five, three hundred twenty pounds. I'm maybe five eleven. If I'm lucky, on some days, two oh five. <laughs> Even if yeah. I was a linebacker yeah. and I was actually athletic, I'd get smoked. You know, I'm <laughs> going to quote Stephen A. Smith uh-huh. here and just just with one word, blasphemous is what you're going to say about the physical and mental traits of Le'Veon Bell because his vision is still a physical trait. We're not going to keep arguing this. We're uh, that's not going to keep arguing then this. Stop, then stop saying that he doesn't deserve to get paid. But the only, Why does Aaron okay, Donald get, right. to get paid? There's They're plenty. two different positions. This isn't basketball. Everyone doesn't contribute the same, and it's not as it's not as difficult to find true talent. Oh wait, that's the wrong statement. At certain positions, the running back position has been proven that if you have a very mediocre guy, you can make him look a lot better. A defensive tackle that is mediocre will fall out of the league faster than he can even tie his cleats the first practice. You have a good point. I'm just saying. It's not a bad point, but I'm taking it from a perspective. Right. They're both number one at their position in the game. Right. Don't you believe that every number one at each position in well, the game deserves to Well, I don't think Le'Veon Bell is number one. I think Todd Gurley is. Okay. Well, I think Leonard Fournette's going to over surpass him. You're so foolish. Okay. All right. Todd the the next – wait, wait. Oh, Todd Gurley hurdles a couple people, and then he's better than Le'Veon Bell? He's freakishly athletic. We're we're not doing – we're we, – okay, Rule going forward, no more bringing Le'Veon Bell back into the discussion. No naming any running backs. No making any comparisons to the running back comp- c- position. That's fine. Interior all. line. That's all fine. Right. Just get to it. Who is the most shocking pick out of all the guys that you, you ranked? Ndamukong Su, number three. Seed. Really? I was expecting your number five guy, Oh, no, Jonathan no, no. Allen. He's going to be a beast next year. Jonathan Allen is going to be okay. a certified beast. He's going to come back strong, and he's going to tear up the NFC East. Why do you think Ndamukong Su, though? Because everyone's out on Ndamukong Su because he's 31 and he spent two, two and a half bum years in Miami. I, I think it's the opposite. I think a lot of people have his stock going up considering he's now with a team that's very good defensively. No one's even thinking about him. What? No, I'm telling you, no one's even thinking about uh, him. Or actually, everyone's he, thinking about Aaron Donald and Fletcher Cox because he, he just won the Super Bowl. And they're thinking about all the Jokers in Jacksonville. All right, to be fair, the, the one thing I, I will say is it's more of so have been hype around that defensive unit as a whole. But I think that Ndamukong Su is definitely going to get some really good production. I think he is also. I mean, more people are also thinking about Mike Adams just because he uh, talks like he's from New York and he's on the top 100 and analyzes <laughs> a lot of players, you know? Yeah. I, I think Mike Adams is a very underrated guy. I think he's underrated, Very too. underrated I defensive tackle. also not top five, though. No, no. Meaty dude takes up a lot of space, just good at yeah. freeing up linebackers. But he's not really going to produce a lot. He's not going to do, do that kind of stuff. But... My guy, I think that was probably the most shocking, is is DeForest Buckner. Just because I don't really think I have anyone on here that's really like a really kind of guy, but DeForest Buckner, I think, is very underrated. You're going to say Damon Harrison? Yeah, I would just like you to explain because we had a, a pretty good talk and you had an excellent argument. Okay. As to why Damon Harrison, because that was, I mean, personally, when I first heard, I'm like Damon Harrison number two, and just for the people that listen to this and want to know. You know why? Because they're thinking that's the most shocking. Just from a outsider's perspective, could you just explain the Damon Harrison pick? Because I think that's more shocking than Buckner. Because Buckner's still the new toy in the garage. Yeah, you know, Damon Harrison obviously has been in in the league for a few years. I think he's at eight now. Not that's not even a few. That's a lot. He's a veteran. But if you look at him over the last three years, Pro Football Focus had him rated, and he also has racked up the most run stops of any defensive lineman. And I'm pretty sure of any player. The fact that a guy can do that, that he can dictate how well you run the ball, I think is just, it's, I'm trying to think of the way I want to say it. it, it's, It's incredibly impactful that somebody has the capability to do so. And if you look at the Giants defense, it sucks. It's terrible. It is an awful defense because they could not put everything together that they had on paper. Giants suck. Amen. Okay, that's not what I was getting at. But Damon Harrison made that that run stuff and that run defense a lot more competitive than it should have been. They have no linebackers, and he made things a lot easier for some pretty bad linebackers. I'm 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 I don't even 
I can't even remember this half their names. Um, Cause they're all, they're a bunch of no name guys. A bunch of them were, were, were backup guys, but the fact that he's able to do that though, that he can literally control three offensive line spots and keep anyone from getting past there is just attributing to how rare of an ability that is. Right. We're slowly moving towards guys that can rush the passer more as an interior defensive lineman. And I just think that you, you should still be giving a lot of notice to a guy that's able to do that on the offense or on the defensive line. Yeah, because when I first saw your your list, I'm like, Damon Harrison, no. Like explain that and you did and you made yeah. a really good argument. And I'm like, well, you know, he's top tier of his uh skill set. That's why he deserves to be number two. Like a lot of them are still gonna be listening, mm-hmm. you know, all fifty you know, maybe twenty five of them. Yeah. They're they're gonna listen. They're gonna hear when you officially said Damon Harrison. They're gonna be like, "What what is he talking about?" You yeah, know, he doesn't he doesn't get to the quarterback because yeah. that's just the the atmosphere that the league is at right now. But his value is so incredibly high. Well, as much as as things are slowly shifting, I still think that the defensive tackle position its primary role, and I think we forget it, is because of these guys like Aaron Donald or like Fletcher or Fletcher Cox isn't gonna have to the quarterback that much. But their primary role on any team really is and to be a good defensive tackle. All you really need to do is take up good space. If you prevent an offensive lineman from getting to that second level to getting at your linebackers, that even if they're not that good, for them to be able to roam free makes things a lot easier for your defense as a whole because the minute your offensive line gets to the second level is the minute that a run play can explode for 5 to 10 yards. Yeah, no, it's a, it's an excellent point, and you swayed me. I I wish I – well, I still don't wish I had Harrison on my list because okay. I don't think he's going to finish top five next year. Personally, he's probably still going to finish best as, as one of the best run stoppers. Though Runs, that's the yeah. only thing I'm going to say. All right, so the actually I didn't even get to talk about my shocking pick though. I'm just going to briefly talk about him. The, the DeForest Buckner, I think he's just he's really underrated. He's he's young. He's two years into the league, I'm pretty sure, and he's he's a big dude. Before the podcast, we were we were, we were writing our notes down and we were we were scripting not really scripting things, but like Show organizing prep. things. You had said he could play offensive lineman if you want. He's six seven, three hundred pounds. But he really does not look like he's 300 pounds. No, yeah, he could play tackle in the league. He's I, I good. Definitely think so. Well, size-wise, we don't know how good he is with his, you know, with his hips or in 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 that type of setting. Right, but I mean, just eyeball test. He could play either defensive tackle and or offensive tackle. Yeah, he of the guys on my list, he had the second most 61 tackles. That's a lot for a defensive tackle. That's a lot. It really is. So the the next question that we're going to is. Who is normally in this type of discussion that we will be talking about, and I probably can guess who you're going to say, is probably going to fall. Like Who's always in that, that top five that's going to be pushing their way more towards the bottom ten or maybe even out of the top ten completely? Yeah, I'm going to give you with it a duo. Okay. Because they've been compared as the top two defensive tackles for a while in the league. Okay. Um, and it's always been, oh, it's either going to be someone, him or him, you know, are the best. And it's going to be Gerald McCoy and Geno Atkins have both slid out of the top five, okay. in my opinion. I, I, I was going to agree with you on that. I wouldn't say both of them. Well, they're, my they're, only thing is I think Gerald McCoy, and I'm going to talk about Vita Vey in a little bit, I think Vita Vey is going to help him out a lot. I do see Geno Atkins falling off, though. Well, they're not on either of our lists, and they've been on mm-hmm. lists for the top five defensive oh, yeah. tackles for the last yeah. six, seven years. So I think it's about time where they, they're just t- starting to fall. Like, they're just slipping. Either they're old or they're getting older. I know Geno and McCoy, did they enter the league in the same year? I it, Roughly, it's either probably within a year, though. Yeah, but I think they're out of the conversation. I think the new crop is, is coming in. They're mm-hmm. just going to knock them out. All right, so the next question is, who has the potential to sneak their way into the well, mix? Who is your fall? Oh, my – well, no, I was saying I agree oh, with you. I was going to okay. say Geno Atkins. I don't want to say – I don't want to get ahead of myself with Gerald McCoy because I need to see how good Vita Bay is first. Right. But who do you think is going to sneak their way into the mix that is not typically a conversation guy? Well, this isn't because he's underrated because I think he's appropriately rated mm-hmm. by the true analysts of the NFL, but I he's just still – not at the top five level yet, and that's Grady Jarrett. And 
I'll give you a little homer call on this because I've liked him ever since he came out of the fifth round from Clemson. Mm-hmm. I'll give you a little homer call. Okay, I that's think fair. Just, that's fair. I think he's just been awesome. You know, even if I even if I wasn't a Falcons fan, I'd still really appreciate seeing a, a undersized defensive tackle. He's only six feet tall. Yeah. Uh, get drafted in the fifth round and then become the best uh, defensive tackle on their team within uh, one year. Like he came in, surpassed Jonathan Babineau. Love mm-hmm. Jay Babs, but I mean he's out now. Yeah, and is it's Grady Jarrett's defensive line. I mean you could say it's Vic Beasley's, but it's really it's really Jarrett's, and it's phenomenal to see what he did in the Super Bowl two years ago. I mean he had three and a half sacks or three sacks. You know how does he have three sacks? He's six feet tall. And he's Drafting got a really he's round. got a really goofy build too. He's yeah. kind of like chunky. Yeah, he's just awesome though. No, not no knock on your body, Grady Jarrett. If you listen to this, you know I love you. I love, love watching you play. Love to have you, you on. You're also, just very you're very stout. He is stout, which is an underrated trait. To Tyrone Barge esque. <laughs> he's more athletic looking than Barge. Oh, definitely. <laughs> okay, go ahead. All right, Joe. But so so my guy, and you can probably guess because I was I was kind of hyping him up beforehand. And I, I, I hate giving the homer call, but I just I love watching him play. And I love him as a person because he's so funny. And that's that's Dalvin Tomlinson. So it, it of rookie interior defenders, he had the best he had the best rookie interior defender grade on defensive stops for any 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 rookie. So that that included, you know, Larry Ogunjobi. Um, Nazir Jones on the Seahawks, but obviously, you know th- those aren't very big names. But I just Dalvin Tomlinson's a big dude. He's a big meaty guy. He gets in the way. He can he clogs holes. He's almost Damon Harrison esque. He's not as strong, but I, I just I I see that translating in the next few years in him being a very good defensive tackle, and I, I can't help but just love him personality wise though. When he got drafted, he uh, there was like a little thing on him. And do you know he's a weeaboo? Do you know what that means? No, I don't know it, what that he, is. He means he watches anime, like a lot of anime. Like not like I know you started watching Naruto. Like he, he doesn't watch Naruto. Like he watches like the Japanese stuff with the American subtitles on it, like that kind of stuff. It, it, I don't know. It's just he kind of gives me this goofy nerdy vibe. He, I think he had an offer from Harvard too. Like if Ger- I'm correct. So he's like Gerald McCoy a little in the sense of goofiness. No, like favorite. a lot, a lot goofy. Dude, Gerald McCoy, McCoy has like a full-on kimono and samurai sword. You remember the yeah, hard but, knocks? Yeah, I do remember that. So you think it's a different level of goofiness? You think he's higher up, sneaking with his way in the mix than Kawan Short from Carolina? I think Kawan Short's already been in the mix, though. He's already been in that top ten mix. I don't. I, that's I the only reason top, why I didn't consider him. I'm, I'm thinking with this question, it's like six or seven. Yeah, I've always I've always considered I was actually considering putting Kawan Short on my list, but I was like I consider him to be my sixth guy. I think Grady Jarrett's probably my seventh or eighth guy. The way that I've seen them play. I just I think that Dalvin Tomlinson isn't even in the discussion and I think he's gonna push his way. I think he's gonna he's gonna be right. in that range. He's gonna be in that range. And and we've already talked people have already been talking about Kawan Short. It's not anything new. It's not anything. I got you. I thought you were talking top five. Quan Short sneaking. Uh, in I am five. kind of talking top five. Like that has the potential to be in the top five, but it's more so the way I'm looking at it right. is who is going to be a big name at the end of the year that was not primarily one. And Grady Jarrett's a perfect example because I feel like not that many people talk about Grady Jarrett. More people should. He's awesome. Yeah. Look at his tape. Man will blow you away. All right. Last question. What rookie defensive tackle? Is going to contend, and the, the, we'll, I'll phrase it better for you. So, we, for argument purposes, it's not so much top five, but like I said, it's going to be making a name for themselves and establishing themselves early on in their career in their rookie season. Well, this one hurts a little because I really wanted him to come to Atlanta. You know, I saw that he was falling. Yeah. Oh, you and were hyped the whole time. I you were like, like, "Come on, come on, we're going to get him. Yeah. We're going to get him." And that's Taven Bryan from Florida. Just he looked so. Dominant at Florida. He looked explosive. He looked like he had the Aaron Donald fast twitch muscles coming off off of the line. And he got picked up by Jacksonville. <laughs> the one team that really didn't need him. No. But I still think he's going to just surge through and become enough of a presence where you could have him taking snaps after Jackson if they're at 3-4 uh, and you could put Campbell outside. Or if you want to run a 4-3 because they run both. He could get some burn in there. Him and Darius could be on the second line together. I'm fine with that. I think he's going to be a beast next year. I think Brian, or maybe not, well, actually, yeah, next year. 
next year and the, and the next years to come also. Mm-hmm. Even if he gets dumped by Jacksonville, which I don't think he will, but if he does because they're so loaded, I think he can go somewhere else and just become a, a beast. Did you see the the reaction video of all the, the Jacksonville players to their Madden ratings? I think his reaction was the funniest besides uh, Jalen Ramsey and Leonard Fournette's. No, I, didn't I don't, I don't exactly remember what I did, but he just was like, no, nah, that's not right. <laughs> well, was it because it was too low? Yeah, I mean, that happens uh, with every rookie. That it's never a good rating. I liked when Leonard they, Fournette was pissed. I, Leonard Fournette was like, like, no, I'm not. I'm done with Madden. You better change my rating. I like Josh Allen asking if his was faster than Baker's. <laughs> and then he's like, oh, I had a faster 40 than him. It better be. I really like that. That boggled my mind. That really did. He was like one of the fastest quarterbacks at the combine. and he. he gets, I don't know why that made he, me so happy yeah. that they were like, that they're kind of like kids comparing it to each other. I'm like, that's, that's really, that's really funny. Uh, that's the one uh, we're getting a little off topic here, but that's the one thing I do love about this, this quarterback unit is I feel like they're very like close knit and they all love to compete with each other. Well, they're they're very gonna, fun. They're going to be intertwined. So yeah. I mean, it's going to be uh, interesting to see, you know, it's not just one, one quarterback. Mm-hmm. It's a slew of quarterbacks that were taken in the first round. And that's always interesting to see how they break off and compare with one another. Going back to my discussion, though, the, and I, I previously alluded to this, my rookie guy that I that should, and if he does not have a dominant first year or a dominant first five years and develop into the guy he should be, I'm going to be sorely disappointed. But Vita Vey, and I didn't even realize how good he was until I took a second look at him, but in the situation that he's currently going to be in, but the guy is a monster. The guy ran a 5-140, which doesn't sound fast. He's 6'4". 347 pounds. Imagine if he ran that at 300, he probably would have been, would have been in the 4-7 range, which is scary. It's As a defensive lineman, an interior defensive lineman. It's like a boulder with jet fuel. Yeah. It's awesome. He ran, or sorry, he, he threw up 41 reps in the bench. 41 bench press reps. That's up to par with Lodi Nada, which was, I, I believe, around that number. And he compares well to him, not because they're both Samoan, but just they're these very wide, thick, quick-footed, but also extremely strong guys. And I, I was writing in an article for with the first pick uh, as a contributor for – it's a fan-sided blog. And in the article that I'm still finishing up, and what I talked about is he might not have an insane impact statistically, but he's going to have a huge impact on as a run-stuffer, and he's definitely going to have a huge impact – freeing up the guys behind him. You have a very good linebacking core, Quan Alexander. You also have uh, Levante David. And those guys should just absolutely run off. Gerald McCoy is going to have a better year. JPP, I think, is terrible, and he's washed up. No, he's but not. Come JPP's on. JPP's washed up. No. He's more washed Come up on. We can Gerald all root McCoy. for JPP. No. We can all root for him. Every 4th of July, I'm, I'm, I'm rooting for him. Really? Yes. You I, had I, to I say think that? About, I, think about it, I think about him, and I'm like, oh, I really hope he does well this year. That's a sincere. You think about him on the fourth of July. Well, whenever there's fireworks. Oh my god. Okay, that's not a hot take. It's not offensive. No, it's there's a lot funny, worse though. things that have been said about JPP. <laughs> I'm actually thinking about him, rooting for him consistently. Okay, all right. I think even before he, uh, the incident, he was awesome, and I was really on his side. I also, but Vinny Curry's now with that team, mm. who's also more on the the side of being washed up. And then you also have Noah Spence, who's really yet to make an impact despite being very, very talented after being drafted in the second round out at Eastern Kentucky. I just think that there's so many guys around. There's so many good guys that did not perform well in 2017 that can take the step forward just because of this one dude. But if Vita Vey is not ready to play and he doesn't, he doesn't, isn't up to par with what he needs to be, then we're not even going to be talking about him this time at the end of the season. Right. I I think you have a pretty good pull. If we're going to talk about specifically impact on their team, I think Vita Vea could probably have more than that. But mm. I think Taven Bryan might have more potential in contending with statistically, I'd say. I think but you don't potential. think he's going to get lost in the mix? I don't think so. I there's think, a lot of mouths, to, not mouths to feed, but there's a lot of cooks in the kitchen. Look, if he's good enough, which I expect him to be, Jacksonville will find a way to incorporate him, whether it be they have to run a 3-4 or a 4-3. They'll find a way. I just always get this impression that I feel like they're going to be slow with him, if that makes any sense, because... He's faster than Darius. No, 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 that's not what I mean. I mean, he is going to oh, be oh, incorporated they're gonna, they're gonna slower in because okay. they have so many good guys that right. they don't need him to be ripping off 
huge tackle totals and sack totals. Right. I think he's going to be good. I just think it's going to be three years before he actually ends up turning out to be what we think he's going to be. Interesting. Three years. Because I think if you think about it at that point, Malik Jackson might not be the same player, and Calais Campbell might not even be around. He could retire by then. How awesome was Calais Campbell last year? Oh, man, I just... I really wish we could have talked about him in this discussion, but he's he has to be in our defensive end discussions. If either one of us don't have it, I would honestly consider... There's so, like, many, there's so many good defensive ends. I know, though. I know. It, the next week is going to be very tough. It's going to be very tough. But we're going to kind of close things up, and we want to, as our, our summer is coming to a close, Sean and I have to start training camp in about two weeks. Actually, it's a, no, it's exactly two weeks from today. Exactly two weeks from today. And our my internship's closing up, but Sean is still going to continue writing for the Maryland Sports Blog. But I wanted to take this time to just kind of give like a closing point on what we, like a takeaway from our, our work experience and are getting our first real grab and feel at the sports media industry and, and what it felt like. What's the one thing that you want, that you're really going to take away for it going forward? Well, I guess in the baseball field, because I covered the Nats the yeah. whole time. If you're going to do baseball, you have to be fully committed all summer because there's 162 games. Oh, yeah. And it is tedious. And But, I mean, if, if you're doing it for a team that you enjoy – like, I thoroughly enjoy live-tweeting the Nats game, expect, except when they're getting stomped out by the Tampa Bay Devil Rays 12 to nothing. And also watching Bryce Harper hit 215. He's still leagues better than Reese Hoskins. Yeah, he's been more established for longer. Hoskins. But just make your, gonna point, make your point. I'm yeah, not going to debate baseball. We can go yeah. baseball right now. We can. I'm not going to lie. I don't know that much about baseball. I'm not going to argue with That's it. That's fine. I but, just think I just know that Bryce Harper can't hit a baseball. Despite the uh, the article that you wrote that says right. otherwise, we'll do board drill and then escape from Saigon within the first week of camp. All right? <laughs> oh, know, why? Because you just do. don't agree with yeah, my yeah, opinion. Yeah. You just want a dogma. I'm just gonna. I, I'm okay, gonna but line. to be fair, you you get an, you get enough physical beating on me just walking around. I'm gonna lie. From the amount of times you kick me okay, and put there's me in no headlocks. Kicking. There's no you headlocks. used to. You used to. What I do today? I just gave you a light tap on the head. Yeah, you, a light tap yeah, on the head, right? We, it was the first time we've seen each other, so I think you were kind of easing your way. I in. was easing my way in. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> but what were you saying though? You completely took me off track. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I really, I really enjoyed it this uh, this summer being able to work with them. I mean, it's a really fun group that I'm with, and it's a really mixed bag of because everyone handles their own department basically. Like how we we want to run our sports media club here it's really similar to that. Like there's different heads of different groups. Mm-hmm. Like we probably have probably 30 people on staff, maybe it, yeah, about 20 to 30 people on staff. Okay. And there's different teams that we delegate that are de- delegated to different. Are they going to let you do some football stuff? Uh, they cover a lot of Ravens and I really? can't stand the Ravens. They won't let you do Redskins if you try to. I, I, I think I could. I definitely okay. could. I could get on the Redskins team, but then I, with how if well the Nats won't make the playoffs so <laughs> you know how can I exp- well the Phillies won't either so I don't know why you're chuckling yes we will no we're getting no, Manny no. Machado that's oh, the, without that's a doubt funny. we're getting Manny Machado have you heard the new reports L A and the Yankees are now the two top front runners no 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 the Phil- Philly is still in that conversation They're there's already a trade that's been agreed upon but it's Philly L A and the Yankees I don't think the Yankees are going to get them because the Yankees are too stubborn about getting rid of prospects unless they're stupid and they get rid of Andujar I don't think they're going to do it. Okay, Joe. Well, yeah, I really enjoyed yeah. my work this year. Okay. How, or my, my, my internship. Yes. Go ahead, Joe. So the, the I, I kind of want to take a little bit different take because I, I obviously loved it. I got to do some really hands-on stuff and I learned a lot. But the thing that I really am taking away from this is that it gave me a new perspective on the sports media industry because I honestly did not know what to expect. I, I've, I've met some really interesting people and I've talked to a lot of people that have given me some really – new leases on how things work and frankly I was always nervous I was always freaking out considering knowing how many other people like I keep seeing on Twitter this person writes for this blog this person writes for this blog this person has a podcast like how many people am I competing with just to establish myself thousands and I honestly the way that I've I've kind of figured things out is that as much as all these people do it one not as many people have the background that you and I have, we play football, so we have a little bit more of an inside track. A little more but credibility as a well. Little, a little, I, I'm not saying I'm, I, I don't want to, like, I'm not calling out anyone else. I'm not saying I'm more credible than you, but, like, <laughs> I'm happy that I have, 
I have the advantage of playing college football. I was blessed with this opportunity. It's going to help me going forward. But the one thing that I really took away with is that there are a lot of people in the sports media industry that have are oh, I'm trying to remember what it is that feel extremely entitled and are very lazy and are going it's going to catch up to them eventually. And there's a there's people that I have in mind that I'm obviously not going to name, but I just I can't. You want us to send the dogs after him? No. Like no, 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 I'm not talking about Matt Miller. That's oh, the funny okay. thing. That's the funny. I'm not talking about Matt Miller. Thank you just, to the dogs. That there we there are out. people, though, that I've had to work with that, like, I I don't know. It's just, it frustrates me knowing that all this work that I've already started to put in, and I'm just getting to that stage where I'm going to be putting in a ton of work. And I just know people around me that don't even, like, they feel that they, they have already put in their dues in that are our age that think that they need to be getting the higher up stuff and they in the minute they get to a a decent level work opportunity as soon as they're not getting the opportunities that they want and those roles that they want they completely check out and they 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 act like they're too good for anything else just that was the one thing that i you know i got away from it it frustrates me it frustrates me because i think that the one thing that we're going to both notice is that there's going to be at times where the people that least deserve it are going to be the ones that are going to be ahead of us for a year or two but at the end of the day that if if you put it with anything if you put the work in if you focus hard, those people are not going to end up at the same level as you. You're going to end up surpassing them. Yeah, I mean, right now we're just, you know, mentioning people to get listens and followers, right? No, no, we're not. We're not talking about Matt Miller. We're not talking about Matt Miller. <laughs> no, it's all right. I, I'm, def- I'm trying. I'm defending you. You're my boy, so I, right. I have to. It, right. It's just a weird loyal instinct that I have, where if someone's coming after you I like that, I from that aspect. Yeah. You know, I have to continue to poke at I'd like to think I do the same. (laughs) I'd like to think. You're so mean. (laughs) (laughs) No guarantees. No guarantees, I can tell you that. But that is all we have for today. Thank you for tuning in to this wonderful edition of Get to the Point. I'm Jody Leon. And I'm Sean Anderson. Check us out on social media at GTTP Podcast. We're on iTunes, Apple Podcast, Google Play, SoundCloud, you name it, the podcast app. Check us out. Subscribe. Do what you want. We want to hear from you. Please leave us some re- a review, some feedback. Let us know what you think we could do differently. We want to know how we can improve. We're starting to get into this, this industry, and we're trying to get better every single day. And constructive criticism is honestly the best way to get better. But, you know, please be do it respectively. Because <laughs> I've already had people call me out in articles I've written for, like, literally called me an idiot, like said I didn't know what I was doing, talking about. So... Please do it respectively, and we will respect you back. Maybe we'll give you a shout-out going forward if you'd like to give us some input. But thank you again. This was Get to the Point.